I'm Robert Reese, and welcome to CEO Show. We're here today with Mike Bidwell. How are you, Mike? Very well, Robert. Thank you. And Mike is the president and CEO of Neighborly. Many people know the name, some don't. However, you know many of their brands. They have 26 major service brands. Talk about the concept of Neighborly. Sure. Neighborly is an aggregator of home service brands. Most of them are franchised. Uh, we cover things around repair, maintain, and enhance for homes and properties. Some of the brands that you may be aware of is Mr. Rooter Plumbing, Molly Made, Five Star Painting. So we, we like to say we cover everything from painting to plumbing and everything in between. And you just came out with a new mobile app. We did. That's an important part of our future. Uh, we've For nearly 40 years, we've been in the franchising space of uh, franchising home services businesses. Uh, we help people get into business. We support small business uh, to provide exceptional service to homeowners. And then along the way, we started more of those brands and we've acquired some brands. Today, we have 26. But today, what we want to do is create a marketplace for home services in neighborly.com and our mobile app where customers, if they're doing business with one of our brands, they can find all of our other brands. You see, if they're doing business with one of our brands, they're probably outsourcing other home services as well. And we want them to be our brands. The app will be an important part of that. So you, what you have really is the word synergy. You've almost coined the market in the home business area of the word synergy. Talk about exactly what you're doing. And, and then I want you to go into something uh, amazing, which is your culture and the COV or code of values. What we're doing is uh, delivering home services to people's home and businesses, but primarily homes. And you've got to have the service capacity to do that. Uh, we wanted to create a national brand, a marketplace for home services, but you, you've got to be able to control that experience to do it well. So we spent 40 years gathering up the service capacity across all those brands. Uh, we focus on providing a premium experience to homeowners. And now we're leveraging that experience to uh, extend the brands from, brand, uh, from one customer to the other. And we want to create a very sticky relationship for, uh, for homeowners. Most homeowners struggle to find trusted, vetted service providers. And that's what our, our marketplace will do for us. So it is a really interesting model. Share some historical context to how this emerged. Well, the company was founded 40 years ago, and we started with one brand providing services into people's homes, primarily carpet cleaning. From there, we started up a few more brands and uh, acquired uh, a couple of small brands. First 30, 35 years, we ended up with six or seven brands. We learned how to be a multi-brand franchisor. Uh, we started to get some scale in the, in the category. Uh, we created efficiencies by shared services and extending intellectual capital across the brands, staying very disciplined to be in our sandbox of repair, maintain, and enhance. And from there, we decided as the marketplace was uh, changing, if you look back about uh, eight years ago or so, when lots of commerce was going online, everything was being Uberized, and you know Amazon was really spreading out its tentacles, we thought that uh, people would want to shop online for home services. And there wasn't a good solution for people to uh, go to a marketplace for home services. And we thought we were better positioned than anyone else because we own these seven brands uh, that we could uh, leverage. But we also decided two things. First, we need a consumer-facing brand. We didn't have one uh, that, that would resonate with homeowners. 
and tie the brands together. The other thing, Robert, was we still didn't have enough services. You know, six or seven services verticals wasn't enough. People go to uh, Amazon because they're probably going to find what they're looking for. And it's a frictionless experience. If every time they went, they didn't have what you were looking for, you probably wouldn't go back. So we went on an acquisition binge. And our private equity sponsors were very uh, happy to make capital available because we, we were able to leverage multiple arbitrage by buying these smaller businesses and rolling them into ours. And that enabled us to execute on the strategy. So we did 19 acquisitions over seven years. Uh, today, 26 service brands, nobody's got the breadth of brands that we do. So essentially, we spent four years of gathering up the service capacity, nearly 5,000 franchises today across those brands, 19 different service verticals. Today, we have enough of what a customer might be looking for as they're looking for help with their home. So we've launched the Neighborly.com marketplace now that we've got the fulfillment. We actually deliver the service. This is very important because when you're do, doing work in people's homes, you need to be sure you're going to provide a, a very high experience. We survey every customer uh, to make sure that we have a very high net promoter score. Our brands average 74 to 76. So our position is premium. We really focus on giving people a great experience. And then we introduce them to the other brands. And when we first started this, our, as we aggregated our databases across our POS systems, our, our cross-sell, our repeat customer rate across brands was 1.7%. 1.7% of our customers had done business with more than one of our brands in the prior three years. And so we knew we had a huge opportunity there. Today, we're $3 billion in system sales but we operate in a $250 billion sandbox because we're in so many service verticals. So it's a huge opportunity. So we just wanna extend those customers from brand to brand to brand, and also create a very sticky relationship with the customer, with the brands we already have. So that's where we're headed. Historically been a, a franchise or home services, then a category leader in our space, the largest in our space, but now we're transforming and ultimately, we want to become a household name and be known as a marketplace for home services. So you had significant co-branding and you had 26 brands now, but you have a lot of franchise owners who are used to doing things a certain way. How did you engage them to become involved with this? Very carefully and very thoughtfully. Uh, we Franchise owners are very prideful, as they should be. They're very protective of the brand. They've been spending their local marketing dollars for you know, maybe 10, 15 years, however long they've been in business, building a brand in their local market. And they're very protective of that, as we want them to be. Uh, but we showed them the data. We painted the vision for them. We talked about parallels. Look what's happened in the product space. Uh, we think this is going to happen in the service space. We did some research. We shared the research with the franchise owners. Said, look, consumers want this. Uh, they want a destination for home services. Uh, they want to shop online. They want to schedule online. Uh, they want to chat with you. Uh, so sharing all that information with them and then um, also doing some lots of small pilots and then sharing that data with those franchise owners and getting uh, franchise advocates, advocates that are their, their peers. And it was about a, uh, I would say it was about a three or four year transition. Uh, initially, we had some people that got it, completely get it, were on board, 
you had the wait and see and you had the, the people that were absolutely opposed. Uh, but that latter group is very, a very small uh, percentage today. Everyone's pretty much come along now. You and I have spoken before about challenges you faced and in terms of being collaborative and how you overcame them. Yeah, my style early on was very, uh, I don't want to say autocratic, but uh, very involved. And maybe everything did kind of go over my desk. And there wasn't much that went on around the business that I didn't know about or wanted to approve or just make sure it was okay. And we did an acquisition of a, uh, a glass business that was a pretty large operation. And at that time, we only had 150 employees. We were a franchisor. And while we had a lot of franchises, the corporate office, it doesn't take a tremendous number of staff to support those owners. We did this acquisition and overnight we went from uh, 150 employees to 1,650. And we had operations all over the country that we didn't have before. And there were a lot of dynamics around this uh, business. We were integrating it with one of our other brands. Lots of moving parts. We were uh, selling stores to franchise owners and we were closing stores and combining stores. And I remember that we were having daily meetings while this was going on. And I remember at one point offering up in the meeting saying, you know, I don't know what's going on over here anymore. And I don't know what's happening over here. And it was kind of embarrassing. Uh, it was almost like an admission of being inadequate that you couldn't keep up. And it was interesting, the other people around the table to put their hand up and said, you know, I don't either. And what I learned is you have to trust that there's this person over here doing their, their part and this person's got that part. And, and it was all getting done. And I realized at that point that uh, I was going to be a choke point if we were going to continue to grow and spread out. And uh, it was a really pivotal moment for me. Uh, and I would say from that point on, it became very collaborative and, and trusting and realized that to scale, we were going to have to have leaders doing their part and set up some mechanisms to keep each other informed and, and just check in on results. It's a great story. Many people have gone through, unfortunately, not everyone has but it's a terrific learning lesson. We're about to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something that impacts all of us, and maybe you'll get some ideas. The supply chain. Back in a few. Hi, this is Robert Reese on The CEO Show, where we interview the CEOs who have reinvented the fabric of America. We're with Mike Bidwell, who is the president and CEO of Neighborly. This is a consortium of 26 major service organizations, mostly related all towards the home. So I want to I go into something um, supply chain. Everyone's dealing with it. And you just have so many people in so many services. Not all of them deal deeply with supply chains, but some do. What, what have you learned about where we're at in supply chain right now? Well, it's an issue. Uh, fortunately, for many of our brands, we're not product heavy because uh, we're repairing or maintaining or cleaning something. But some of the brands we are. Um, you know, our glass business, we're uh, getting windshields is, is, a, is an issue. Shower doors, uh, everything slowed down there. Uh, wood for, you know, our glide out, custom glide out shelving. And everything has, uh, you know, delivery times have slowed down. And prices have gone up, Robert. So in the glass business, we've had several price increases this year alone. So that's, that has been an issue. 
fortunately, we're managing it okay. But, uh, you know, things are, jobs are, are taking longer to schedule out. Customers are having to wait a bit longer and they're paying a bit more. And then one issue that all of our brands are having is with service vehicles. We're in the business of going to people's homes to take care of something, and we need service vehicles to do that. They're really hard to get right now. It's a very unusual time. So based on that, how do you manage expectations of the customers when you have everything in place, but you can't deliver on everything because of these supply chain issues? And that's not for most of yours because a lot of yours are service but in terms of the, the trucks, the glass. Yeah, we communicate a lot with the customer. Just be very open and let them know where it's at. Uh, maybe they've heard about these supply chain issues, but we let them know where we used to get, be able to get these products in and say 10 days. Now it might be 20 days or 30 days, sometimes longer. And then uh, keep them updated. Uh, as, as the date's getting close and we know that it's not going to arrive in time, we call the customer proactively and just let them know. Communication is so important. Absolutely, communication. Do you have any any advice to CEOs who are maybe, if you were a CEO that was dealing with all these issues, you've talked about communication, any advice on supply chain and the future that you would give to any CEOs? Well, you just have to be aware of uh, where you're sourcing your products from um, and have, have options. I think that's on people's radar screen more than ever before. Um, Think about if you've got critical parts, do you want it just in time at this point uh, moving forward or do you want to have a certain amount of a buffer stock on things? I don't think we want to get too crazy with that, but uh, I would just say uh, have alternatives is, is probably more important than ever before. And is there any leadership lesson that you learned at some point in your life that really codifies what your leadership philosophy is? It's being more collaborative and inclusive and being able to, uh, to scale yourself uh, and the business. And how do you do that? Uh, it gets back to culture matters and um, having like-minded people, understanding how we want to go about what we're doing. Uh, I think you have to communicate a lot. We talk a lot about what it is we're building here, where we're going, and then how we want to go about doing that. And that gives people a, uh, you know, an, a set of instructions. If they don't know exactly how to do it, at least they understand the objective and um, uh, you know what might be out of bounds, uh, what might be the right outcome. And that's worked well for us. Let, let's go back. We talked about human. We talked about the culture, the code of values, which is great where you have 15, 150 words to know. And um, let's go back into technology when you talked about your app. So right now, Everything is moving into e-commerce. It's moving into a cashless society in a sense. And you're in a sense at the epicenter of a lot of that. We are. Uh, several years ago, uh, it's probably been seven, eight years ago now, when shopping online started to become a pretty commonplace thing. Uh, we get a little bit warped on time, but it wasn't all that long ago when it was uh, fairly uh, kind of a new phenomenon. But today it's commonplace and uh, Several years ago, we could see that service was probably going to follow that, and we wanted to be at the forefront of it. Uh, at that time, people would still call for service when they wanted a service provider. They wanted to get somebody on the other end and know that they had a conversation. Uh, but we figured it would go online. And as people became more comfortable with technology, um, 
and shopping for products, it has migrated to service. Uh, today, they want to schedule online. They want to find the service provider online. They want to text uh, as they, they engage with, with people. Uh, so we, we took uh, actions uh, several years ago to put ourselves in position to, to be there. Uh, it started with uh, aggregating all those brands, creating a marketplace for home services, creating a new consumer-facing uh, brand for the marketplace with Neighborly.com, and then building the technology. So we had to go out and recruit the talent to, uh, to build that, uh, you know, the websites, the marketplace, and the mobile app. Uh, so the customers could engage from any channel that they wanted to engage with. Again, whether that's uh, online, whether it's telephone, whether it's texting or, uh, or chatting. In the pandemic, we don't know where the supply chain is going. We're cocooning. We're doing everything. You have a unique position in that you are the central line to the home. Where do you see the supply chain going? Everything I read and follow, and I spend a lot of time in, in uh, CEO forums and, and reading, uh, it will catch up. Supply chain will catch up at some point. Um, so that's where it's going to go. What is going to happen with the home, though, there's this very sticky situation with uh, people using their homes more. Working remote isn't going to, going away. People are going to come back into the offices, but it won't look like it used to. Even for us, we're, we're allowing people to work remotely a couple days a week as we fully repopulate. So people have gotten accustomed to that. Some people will continue to work remote fully. For us, it's really great because it puts more load on the home. Uh, that air conditioner is running more. They're using the, the plumbing more. They're using the appliances more often. Uh, so that's all good for us. But the other thing that happens is people need, they need that space to be comfortable. People have busy lives. Uh, they get up in the morning. They care for the kids. They go to work. Uh, they come home. They make dinner, and they're, they're caring for the children. And they finally they get to bed. And then on the weekend, they're trying to catch up with stuff. They tend to overlook some of the things about the home because there's just not enough time in the day to, number one, they don't notice it because they're just too busy. Uh, and they're not there. Uh, they don't have the time to get it taken care of. That changed during the pa pandemic. Uh, they were there looking at, at things the entire time and they're thinking, why are we putting up with this? Why don't, we, why don't we get somebody over here to take care of this? So we've certainly seen some of that, but we we believe that that's going to have long legs to it and uh, will continue. And, and what is the name of the app, the website, if someone is interested in Neighborly? Neighborly.com. And uh, they can find the app uh, if you go into the App Store, whether it's, it's for uh, Android or Apple, uh, iTunes, you can, at the Apple App Store, you can download it by just searching for Neighborly. And there you have it. Mike, a real pleasure speaking with you and much continued success. Thank you, Robert.